Hello, and welcome to Podcast Pivo, the new podcast from Prague, Czech Republic. Or should we say Czechia? No, we shouldn't. We will be exploring the people of Prague and beyond, from expats to locals, foreigners to foragers. Join me, Rory Wilmer, as we go drinking with writers, musicians, politicians, publicans, artists, architects, anarchists and alcoholics to discover more about Prague and the people who call it their home. Eštěd no prosím, this is Podcast Pivo. Mikhail Skoda is the brewery director of Pivova Prod. Prud is a new microbrewery project within the macrobrewery of Pilsenki Prazdroy, the historic Pilsen brewery and home of Pilsner Aquel. Now the word Prud in Czech can mean stream or current, and there's a dual connection of why this microbrewery is named this way. However, the word written in English we would pronounce as proud. So we're proud to have Prud on our show. Mikhail's passion is beer and he has been working in the beer industry since he finished at university. He's been working in the marketing departments and Mikhail has been part of the teams who have overseen the rapid expansion of Pilsner Aquel to thirsty pub goers all over Europe, Asia and the world. Now this wasn't enough to quench his own thirst for beer. Homebrewing and exploring craft beer in Czechia as well as abroad is his hobby. It's not only his day job. And now he is living his dream, becoming a brewery director dedicated to creating high quality craft beers. We're very proud to have with us today on Podcast Pivo, a man who has dedicated his life to great beers. Please welcome to episode five of season one, Mikhail Škoda, director of Pivova Brud. So, Mikhail, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Hi, thanks for inviting me. Welcome to Podcast Pivo. Now, I wish we could be having this conversation in person at the brewery while drinking a few of your beers. But alas, we can't do that. Um, so we're here on Zoom. We've connected uh, remotely. And I'm hoping uh, sometime in the near future that we could meet face to face under better circumstances. Because Podcast Pivo was always supposed to be about having a conversation over a beer in a pub. Yeah, I guess um, that's a hope of everyone now. <laughs> exactly. So like with this in mind, I think we may as well start with, with this current situation because it's the big topic. We, we are like one year into the COVID-19 pandemic and we've seen really strict lockdowns and curfews all across the world, but especially here in Czech Republic. Um, pubs and restaurants have been closed and people in the hospitality industry um, are really now starting to feel the effect of this. Even so far that I noticed that there's even been some protests and even talk of a political party forming as a result of all the lost incomes of everybody involved in, in the industry. Um, 
what do you think could be the long-term impacts of COVID-19? What, what impact will it have on the Czech brewing and pub scene? Or do you see an end to this and a, a brighter side around the corner? Uh, well, that's a, that's a quite tricky and complex question, but I think most of us in the industry, either it's on the brewing side or on the pubs and restaurants, we are all hoping that the Czech, let's say Czech beer culture will prevail in the long term and that we will be able to return to pubs, have a, have a draft beer. Uh, perfectly, perfectly poured. Either it's from a small brewery or or uh, or from a big one, and so so I think it will get back once the the restaurants will be able to open. Uh, but for sure, some of the consumers and some of the people who like to drink beer, they got used to the convenience of having beer delivered to their homes and drink it at home in bottle. So some of it probably will stay or maybe it's speeded up uh, some some of the processes or some of the things that happen happen uh, outside Czech Republic in 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 I don't know US or or UK where these kind of uh, beer delivery services are much more common and where even before the before the COVID. So so I think I think some of them some of them will will stay with us, but hopefully we will return to the pubs soon enough. Yeah, that's good. So it will be the best of both worlds. Hopefully, that there'll be a good choice that you can have delivered to your home, but also all our favorite pubs and restaurants will open again. Because I think that's a big part of the beer culture in Czech Republic is that it's not necessarily about drinking alone at home. It's a big part of the, the pub is a big part of the community, isn't it? and uh, a communal event of people together. Definitely, and for us, it's also meeting the other brewers, being able to go for beer festivals and and meet everyone there and discuss, share things. And that's the best you can do. This is over a beer in a pub or on a festival. So hopefully this, this will be back soon. And uh, I guess obviously the um, the halting of tourism has probably had a bit of an impact on on, on volumes here as well. Yeah, definitely. Not for us as, as uh, our small brewery now, because we kind of opened to the lockdown, so we didn't have any tourists yet. Uh, but definitely for for the pubs, mainly in Prague and other big cities, and for sure even for the for the tourism in the breweries, because a lot of them it's quite popular to for Czechs and for foreign tourists to to visit the breweries uh, visit multiple of them and just check and compare compare uh, the beers in the in the breweries themselves so it has a great impact which is not very likely to to come back i guess uh, but we'll see yeah, and I'm, I'm really glad to be talking to you today because I'd almost forgot what it was like to have a conversation with someone about a beer whilst drinking a beer. Um, it seems like such a long time ago that we could actually sit in a pub and talk with someone. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we, we all miss it. <laughs> exactly. You're listening to Podcast Pivo in conversation with Mikhail Škoda. So 
let's talk now about some more positive things um, because this is that's the situation that we're in. We're all looking forward to when it changes and getting back to um, kind of normal routines and being able to see each other in the pub. But what I noticed, there seems to have been in the past, I don't know, 10 to 15, maybe even 20 years, a resurgence in Czech microbreweries and a big focus on brewing APAs, IPAs, stouts, and lots of the craft beer style. Now, from my knowledge, what I know is that during the communist period, the brewing was limited to state-owned breweries because before this period of time, there was lots of independent breweries in, in, in the Czech, well, what have been Czechoslovakia, but before that, the Austro-Hungarian Empire, there was still a lot of smaller breweries. Every town had a brewery. Um, and a lot of these breweries were maybe uh, family-owned. And this was kind of destroyed by communism. So I'm hoping that you think that the COVID-19 will not have the same impact on the industry as the communism did. And this, this kind of like microbrewing culture that has really blossomed here in the last kind of past two decades, that in the long term it can recover. Yeah, I think I think it's exactly how 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 you, how you say it, because before let's say the World War First, there were over a thousand breweries in in Czechoslovakia or Czech Austria, Hungarian. Uh, part of that uh, that empire, and then communist time happened, and there were maybe 30, 40 breweries, and all of them state owned. And only after the Velvet Revolution, the 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 breweries starting uh, resurfacing or reappearing again. And basically, what happened in the 70s in the US happened in Czech Republic in the past decade. So the craft beer, let's say craft beer revolution of, of new breweries brewing uh, new modern uh, beer styles, it just happened in the last 10, 15 years. And I hope that this kind of uh, crisis that we are facing now will not destroy everything good that happened over the past, uh, over the past few years. And it will, it will not destroy the breweries, the great breweries that, that uh, that basically appeared and now before COVID it was around 500 of them so we are still on half of what used to be in the past and and I'm positive that that the the best of the new breweries uh, they will survive uh, they are also kind of much more agile and much more flexible to survive coming up with all sorts of different measures to, to cover the sales, either it's beer deliveries or takeaway windows or this kind of stuff. Uh, lots of e-shops resurfacing uh, regarding craft beer. So so I'm quite positive that the, the best, best of the craft breweries uh, uh, will survive, uh, but for sure there will be some casualties. Yeah, that's sad, but it's, I guess, a part of the, the market that we're in and the situation. But as you say, I think a lot of people were able to adapt and maybe in some ways it's helped them advance quicker than they would have expected when it comes to deliveries and uh, e-commerce. It probably helped them actually advance a little bit in this territory because they had to. Yeah, definitely. We, we can see it all over, like during the spring, uh, spring wave of the, or the spring lockdown, there were there were uh, e-shops of craft breweries appearing every every single day basically, 
and some of the breweries they were able to come up with their e-shops in matter of days uh, to cover to cover the loss of sales, which is amazing, and it probably wouldn't happen if uh, or it wouldn't happen as fast as it did uh, if it weren't for the for the crisis. So in in a lot of ways, it I think it helped some of the some of the breweries actually, uh, but for some of them which were not able to to do it fast, uh, they definitely suffered suffered quite a big losses during the during the lockdown period. And th there was a big uh, campaign started, wasn't there? Where it was it save our pubs, where people could actually donate and buy vouchers for yeah, pubs were and actually, microbreweries. Tell there me were about actually, this. There were actually two initiatives, initiatives like this. One of one was, uh, as you mentioned, the safe uh, safe pubs, Zachrani uh, Hospodu, and there was also another uh, save the beer, Zachrani Pivo, which was more focused on the craft breweries and small regional breweries. Uh, to basically to help them provide a platform uh, where they can they can basically sell the beer that they have in the cellars, uh, and this was started by one of the uh, one of the small breweries, uh, Kitin. So if yeah, I think I think it was Kitin who who started this initiative of Zagreng uh, Pivo, and it was quite successful. And I think the it's still still available. It's still running, even though it doesn't have a that much traction as it had in the beginning, but it's still yeah, some sure. some help. Because I think um, it's because a lot of this um, beer and product is unpasteurized, isn't it? Yeah, most of it actually in the craft breweries uh, is unpasteurized, unfiltered with quite a short shelf life. And you can only keep it in the cellar for some time before the beer basically loses the freshness. So yeah. In in a it's in a matter of weeks usually, mm -hmm. or or short months to to sell the beer and if you can do that it just has to go to waste. I know and I think um I can see why the campaign um was successful and helped because probably the idea of pouring thousands of liters of beer down the drain would break most people's hearts. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. It's a it's a sad sad story every time that the beer has to go go to waste, and it's uh, it's it's great that some initiative like this this happened and helped to sell a lot of beer through it to help the breweries. So the good thing is, I think what people can still do now is though you can still support the microbreweries and um, all breweries um, and order online and actually get deliveries or go to takeout windows and still visit. A lot of the breweries are offering um, window service, aren't they? So, yeah, definitely. And it's during the winter period; it's even even more crucial than before because winter period is in general uh, quite uh, quite low on vol volume. And with this crisis on our hands, it's it's even bigger problem. So, so whoever can can buy through e-commerce or takeaway windows, just just do it. Support your local brewery or local pub and and help them survive uh, till everything is open again, or at least we get a better weather to to stay outside and to be able to drink outside. You're listening to podcast Pivo. In conversation with Mikhail Skoda. Make sure you support your local brewery or your local pub today. These are really hard times for the industry and we want them to survive. 
we need our local pubs to stay alive. So order yourself a beer, enjoy it at home, and think about the times when we can all get back together in the pub to say Nazdravi. The Czech Republic has a long and rich history with beer, brewing, and with pubs and restaurants. I'd say it's like, it's a very, it's part of the very fabric of Czech culture, what it means to be Czech. I'd ask you, how would you describe Czech beer culture to a foreigner or to an alien who just arrived on this planet? And can you tell me why it's such an important part of Czech life? Ooh, okay. <laughs> I will try. <laughs> uh, I will try to tell it from, from my perspective because exactly. it's, it's, uh, I guess it's difficult to generalize and everyone kind of has a different story or, or, or different approach to it. But, but from my point of view and in, in our family, it was always that the beer is, it's that drink that we drink uh, for celebration, for, for celebrating a birthday or for Christmas or Easter or any major celebration. There was always, there was always a beer. As a, as a thing to celebrate with. It's not just everyday drink. It's also an everyday drink, but not only. It was also for celebration. So, so for us, like uh, we were growing up with our fathers loving Pilsner Rodkvel and going for the pub. And my, me, myself, as a, as a boy, I was going with the jug to the pub to bring my father draft beer from the local pub and to bring it as freshest as possible and so on. So there are a lot of stories uh, stories that start basically in, in childhood that support the the relationship with Czech person and beer, and of course then then when you can actually go to a pub, meet your friends, drink beer, chat, talk about everything from sports to politics to girls, I think it's all connected with some experience in the in the pub, and so I think it's not just about beer, but it, the beer and the pub. Are, are very much connected because we, we can see it now that uh, without the pub, uh, the beer only isn't uh, as, uh, as strong uh, as, as it is with, with the pub and with the place where you can meet people and, and chat over, over a nicely poured, poured beer. So I guess, I guess I'm not sure if I answered the answer to your questions, but I guess yeah, I do. guess I guess everyone has a kind of a different story, but all the stories somehow are connected to to people being together, having a wonderful drink. We probably make the best lager in the world uh, in Czech Republic, and and nowadays we can we also have a, so many great breweries brewing different uh, beer styles. So I, I'm thinking that the Czech beer culture will only only get strengthened by this, that, that we'll not only be about lager beers, but also about all sorts of different beer styles uh, that we can enjoy. And the beer style world is quite vast. <laughs> you answered it perfectly, Mikhail. I mean, I'm, I'm originally from the UK and from Liverpool. And at one point in history, Liverpool had um, the highest density of pubs than anywhere else in Europe. Um, mainly due to the Docklands, because there were so many dockers and, and seamen coming from the ships. On every street corner, there was a pub or a public house or an inn, and um, beer was very much part of the culture there. In the UK, we went through a bit of a bleak time, I guess the last uh, decade or even longer, 
were actually, you know, two pubs were closing um, every day in the UK. Um, we started to lose this connection with our community and the pubs. But thankfully, there's been a resurgence in this before COVID happened. So obviously, the impact of COVID is, 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 is not good for the industry. But still, I think people then realized again what they were losing in their communities when they started to lose their local pubs. And there was a big movement and a big campaign of people, not only to make sure that they had some local pubs for the community and people to meet, but also a big campaign, which has been going for quite a long time as well, maybe over 20 years, is called Camera, which was the campaign for Relail. And this kind of brought back again the tastes of like classic brews, porters and uh, English ales um, and uh, EPAs, IPAs, all this kind of microbrewery. And it helps lift the industry back up onto its feet and it's actually what the people really wanted so i think both our cultures have this in connection that it was about community and about this celebration you know this moment to share together but also again in in the wide choice of ales and beers and lagers that were available made it quite exciting to go and experience this yeah definitely i can i can see see that it's uh it's very similar actually to 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 how we how we perceive it here in Czech, in Czech of course it's more about the lager than than the ale. In in UK it's probably the other way around, uh, but but still it's very very similar. And I agree, it's about the community, about having some common drink, uh, to for either everyday drinking or after sports or or even celebration. So, so That's yeah, right. and we we even had um, you know mild beers and ales because the Dockers. Well, they got, and people who worked in the factories um, at the turn of the century, there'd be a guy waiting outside with a beer cart. So as soon as everybody left the factory, he'd be pouring beers for people as they left the factory. There's two reasons for this. One, you couldn't drink the water because it would make you sick. So um, the beer was safer to drink, but also they were working under such hot conditions that they were so thirsty when they left work that they really needed a drink. But this ale was much lower in alcohol volume it was maybe one, two percent alcohol. Um, so that's what we would call in Liverpool, especially as a docker's lunch, where you can actually drink six to seven pints of ale and uh, still be able to stand up and go back to work afterwards. Nice. <laughs> yeah, in Czech, in, Czech, in, Czech, in Czech there used to be, or it's resurfacing again, but, but we have a lot of uh, glass factories and, mm -hmm. and steel factories. And in in those factories there was also uh, very common to to brew like uh seven six eight degree plato beers which were very low on alcohol and they were basically uh sort of a protective drink against uh, dehydration mm -hmm. and they were better than water because of the all the minerals and and nutrition in the beer so so it's yeah i can relate to that and then um, I've noticed in the last few years, it's become popular again for these kind of summer beers or cycling beers, which again, very low alcohol, but very popular for people who are out enjoying walking and cycling. So you can enjoy a few drinks and not be over the limit. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's kind of a trend and in the future it will, it will grow. I'm sure of it, uh, low alcohol and non-alcohol beers and drinks in general, uh, are basically a huge trend both in Czech and abroad and it's it's gonna stay with us because the the lifestyle now is that like we don't want to get wasted on every other opportunity uh i'm not sure if we ever wanted that but some 
some people did. Uh, and now the trend is leaning more towards the low non-alcohol drinks and and also high high alcohol drinks, but only for celebration and and very calm tasting in in smaller quantities. So so yeah, they are there are these two kind of extremes, uh, and they are both both valid for different occasions. Exactly. And I, when I first uh, arrived in Czech Republic um, almost twenty years ago, I was given an, a non-alcoholic lager, and I was very skeptical of this <laughs> concept. But actually, when I tried it, um, I was so impressed with the flavor. Um, you, you really can brew here exceptional non-alcoholic beers that has all the richness and flavor of an alcoholic drink, but without any of the badness, any, well, not badness, but any of the alcoholic content. H how do you achieve that? How is that done? Well, I'm actually drinking at the moment uh, our, our non-alcohol IPA. And basically, what we are using uh, is a special, uh, special kind of yeast, uh, which which produce very little alcohol uh, during the fermentation process, and therefore we can achieve uh, this uh, non-alcoholic limit, which is zero point five uh, ABV, below zero point five ABV uh, of alcohol. So. So yeah, we are using this kind of special yeast, and and thanks to those to this kind of yeast, we can we are able to do this with basically the same process as we would uh, with the alcoholic beer. Uh, there are also other approaches, which is can be like the alcoholization and some more uh, stressing methods for the beer. Uh, but in Czech, uh, most of the non-alcoholic beers or or the, basically the most successful ones, at least, uh, are using this, uh, this special kind of yeast uh, as, a, as a method of production. You're listening to Podcast Pivo, in conversation with Mikhail Škoda. So you mentioned before a little bit about um, some childhood memories, obviously um, going to the pub with, with a jug to get the fresh um, Pilsner Equel for your father or for the occasion. Um, so that's like a childhood memory. But so let's move forward a little bit. And how, how did you get, let's say, more interested in beer? And what led you to start? I, I understand you were home brewing for a long time before you, you moved into your current position. Tell me a bit about this journey, how you progressed from, from a child carrying a jug of beer to someone now brewing hectoliters of the stuff? Uh, it was actually kind of a coincidence. I never intended to end up in the brewing industry, uh, but somehow, somehow, somehow I did anyway. Uh, it basically started when I was uh, finishing uh, university. I was studying uh, business and marketing, and I went for some, some uh, career fair uh just to look for opportunities but not not actually not to look too much because i at that point i didn't really have a plan of okay i have to find myself uh, a good a good career and plan a good job but there was this stand of uh, of pilsner Rukwell and they had a table football uh on the stand so we went to play the table football with with some of my friends from the university and basically the hr person there just forced me a leaflet with some internship and and the next day i somehow 
somehow applied and uh, got the internship and basically started my career in uh, in beer. And I haven't I haven't moved ever since from the company. Although I moved through different departments, uh, I also uh, I also worked abroad for Pilsner Rockwell in Romania, uh, where I was starting a Tapster program. And and then I came back for this uh, wonderful project of starting craft brewery in in uh, Poznański Brewery. So it was it was kind of a long term journey that I never I never pushed anywhere. I didn't really aim uh, anywhere specific, but somehow it all fin fill, uh, fall into each other. And during the time, I also, as you mentioned, I also started home brewing because I was just so much into uh, into brewing beer and wanted to understand how it how it works and what it takes to brew good beer at home and and i've been brewing beer at home for i guess four four or five years now uh, yeah it's kind of everything somehow led to me running a, a small small brewery in the end but i didn't know it in the beginning <laughs> So it seems like um, that the beer chose you. Yeah, I guess it does. <laughs> yeah, now okay. now running a brewery and having having a career in beer marketing, beer sales, uh, brewing beer at home. I, I don't know. It somehow happens. <laughs> exactly. So let's talk a bit more about that. That you've recently become the brewmaster of Brut, if I'm pronounced that correctly. And uh, yeah, tell me how to say it properly. Brut. Proud. Proud. Now, in English, yeah. it's written like proud, um, but yeah. proud is a Czech word. Tell me about this word. What what does it mean? Uh, the word uh, the word means that basically our brewery is situated in the in the former power plant of of the big uh, Pilsner brewery. So so uh, we are somehow relating to the electricity that that used to be part of that building. And proud in Czech means means current or also a stream uh, and that's the second meaning that we have behind the behind the name and that's also uh, the fact that uh, we are on the confluence of two Pilsen rivers Mjen Tradbuza and basically we are connecting in the in the name of the brewery these two uh, let's say uh, heritage links uh, to the place where we where we are at the moment but as you mentioned, it's also it's also uh, well pronounced in in English, and we really are proud of what we are doing there. You must be very proud because I feel that this must be some kind of dream come true for you. It is. It is, and and uh, for me, somehow I get. I guess it's going to be my my lifelong job job at the moment. Uh, I don't plan to move anywhere else this is this is the end station for me and i hope it will last as long as possible so so it's 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 really a dream job and i'm happy and glad that i have a great people around me as well because it's not not just about me and you mentioned me as a brewmaster but i'm technically not a brewmaster i never studied for one i studied some small courses and I brew beer at home, but we have a wonderful uh, brewmaster, uh, Lenka, which is uh, which is the head of the uh, head of the production at our brewery. So, mm -hmm. so we are kind of a duo in this sense, me taking 
uh, mostly the commercial uh, part of running a brewery, Lenka being responsible for the hobby brewing itself. But it definitely helps that I can brew my beer myself and I understand it a bit when we have some heated conversations. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. And that's um, amazing and position for you both. So congratulations and, and wonderful to see Lenka and a female come into this position of brewmaster. I think that's something a little bit perhaps unique in the industry as well. Yeah, you might think that, but actually, when you when you dig into it and when you when you uh, are in the industry, you realize that uh, there is a lot of women brewmasters mm-hmm. and even more women working on different roles inside the breweries. So, yeah, it, sure, it, it it is more common than you would think. <laughs> no, it's good because I think that's the perception that the industry is very male dominated. But again, having worked with you in the past as well and seen that, that actually it isn't the case. And that here, especially in the Czech Republic, the opportunity is there for anybody to progress in this industry and succeed. Yeah, and for example, uh, women are generally perceived as much better, much better uh, tasters because yeah. because they have they have kind of a different uh, different perception of taste, and they they usually recognize much more uh, tastes uh, than than men do. So mm-hmm. actually, it's a kind of a natural uh natural thing <laughs> that's great so could you tell me a little bit more about this project and the the types and kinds of beers that you're brewing well basically we started started this brewery as part of uh, of Brzezinski Brazdroy but somehow we try to be as independent as, as we can be and as I mentioned we we built or we renovated the former power plant so it's more than 100 year old building uh which is beautiful i can't wait for you for you to see it and and basically what we aim to do is is to brew limited batches to experiment with beer to experiment with different ingredients uh and to see how how the market reacts to it and and so far we launched five variants of beers even though we launched into lockdown, which was quite unfortunate, but still, uh, we have five beers at the moment through different beer styles, from pale ale to lager, rye IPA, stout, and non-alcohol IPA, and we aim to to brew even more seasonal beers uh, in the spring. Hopefully, hopefully, when the situation gets gets better. But in the meantime, we also started quite a few different uh, other projects uh, in um, barrel aging area. So we are we are maturing some of our beers in wooden barrels, basically after whiskey or red wine or uh, or other spirits. So that's that's also kind of an interesting thing for us uh, to to be able to experiment with that. But we have to wait a long time for these kinds of beers from six months to year or in some cases even longer. But it's it's super exciting. And the other thing is that we also want to somehow connect with the with the industry and be be a connector of different breweries and breweries of different sizes. Uh, our building is quite big, so in the future we we hope to be able to do events and these kind of gatherings of brewmasters and this kind of this kind of uh, of things where we can share and and enjoy each other's company while tasting beer. So we have we have a lot of plans, and that's why I also mentioned that for me it's a it's a lifelong uh, lifelong <laughs> job at the moment and. 
uh, we'll see where we go in a few, five, 10, 20 years. That's amazing. That's fantastic. And it's just saying that you're putting yourself to be very much part of the community. It's not about competition, is it? It's about supporting the whole industry um, around microbrewing as well and sharing your experiences and, and coming together to enjoy the craft and to keep, I guess, some elements of the historic craft um, alive, but also look towards, I guess, the future of brewing and, and the possibilities that are still there within brewing beer. Yeah, definitely. And like we have the uh, we have the advantage of of uh, uh, being part of Kuzinski Prasdravi, which uh, in some cases it's easier for us, uh, maybe financially and in other areas. But but we don't know everything. We want to learn we like to learn and we like to share with others as well so it's kind of uh, sharing what we can do with with other brewers who can do something else and to be to be able to to develop you know as a whole community or as a whole industry uh, for a better future let's say i know yeah. i know it sounds cheesy but it kind of is what's what's the point it's important, isn't it? Because let's think about it. What about the what about the legacy? Because it's such a it's such a big part of Czech um, uh, culture. That how do you keep um, this legacy going for another hundred, two hundred years? You need to get younger people involved in the industry, don't you? And get them interested in the the next wave of brewmasters who are going to come in 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah, definitely. And as I mentioned, like we are humble in the sense that 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 uh, we don't have a we don't have a patent for for all the knowledge in the world in the beer industry and mm-hmm. and there are other uh, people who are much smarter in in many ways and and we just want to be the ones who can connect the right people and uh, and so we can so we can all benefit from it so yeah. Right. And it comes just back to the, the root of the pub and sharing a beer and conversation together anyway, doesn't it? Definitely. Definitely. That's what we like the most, like uh, tasting a beer, having a beer either in the brewery or in a pub and to discuss. <laughs> yeah, I know. Nazdravi, as you would say. Nazdravi. <laughs> You're listening to Podcast Pivo in conversation with Mikhail Skoda. If you want to know more about Pivova Prud, just go online. Pivovarprud.cz. It's spelt like proud. You can do it. Pivovarprud.cz. There you're going to find a beautiful website. You can have a look at the design, have a look at the brewery and the great things they're doing there. You can also find them on social media. Just hit your Facebook, your Instagram, your YouTube, smash that like button, hit that subscribe. Hilsen is world famous for brewing beer. What is so special about beer and lager from Pilsen? Uh, well, in Pilsen, there was a unique uh, combination of, of some of the factors, uh, like the ingredients. It's very close to the hop growing areas. Also, the, the water in, in Pilsen in general is very soft, which is perfect for lager. And also, there was Pilsen was always a brewing city, so there were a lot of a uh, lot of uh, breweries and a lot of brewers here. And then Pilsen Rockwell happened, 
uh, which which was basically the founder of the of the pills category in the world. Uh, but nowadays it's it's growing also on the craft beer side. There are many craft craft breweries in Pilsen region, and it's not anymore connected only to to the perfect location with, with the soft water and everything. Because for example, for ales or IPAs, we basically don't use or don't want the soft water. We need to harden it and to mineralize it to to fit different profile but i think it's about the mentality of the people and the love of beer in general in in Pilsen and the region surrounding because everybody here basically loves beer and and it can be well it can be uh raven or any other any other beer in the in the in the area in the region but generally people are very very fond of their local beers here so i guess it's part of the dna of present people and and somehow somehow it's uh, stronger than in in many other regions mm -hmm. so you've mentioned one of the ingredients there which is the saz hops so why are saz hops so sought after by brewers all over the world well, they are they are one of the few original, let's say, noble hops, uh, which uh, uh, noble hops uh, types, uh, which were never uh, tempered on a on a let's say genetic or uh, genetic basis. Mm -hmm. So so there are few of those in in Czech, in Czech, in Germany, in UK. There are these kind of of noble hops which are very low on uh, on alpha acids giving them a quite low bitterness but very interesting and very uh, very nice aroma uh, so they are also called aroma hops uh, so this i think i think it's because of the region because of the soil the the perfect conditions regarding temperatures and and periods of the year and so on I'm I'm not myself a, a professional hop grower, but <clears throat> but it's it's the combination of factors that that makes this this kind of hops one of the most expensive in the world as well. You're listening to podcast Pivo in conversation with Mikhail Skoda, brewery director of Pivova Prud. You can get a taste of Pivova Prud. If you are in the Czech Republic and you get yourself over to Rolik.cz, you probably know it well by now because since lockdown, we're ordering a lot of stuff online. So give one to the heroes of the delivery service, all these frontline workers who are bringing us our groceries every day, and put a couple of bottles of Prud in your bag and give it a taste. I can highly recommend it. I had a little sample today and I'm feeling very merry. Beautiful beer. Don't forget to give your delivery driver a tip. Give him a 50 crowns, give him a 100 crowns, because these people are keeping us fed while we're all locked down. They are the heroes. They put themselves at risk. So big up to yourselves, Rolex delivery drivers. We think you're fantastic. So here's a beer for you. Cheers. Brewing is an art form. I would call it a symphony of chemistry. Um, but I suppose it's also a bit of a controlled experiment. What I want to ask you is, how do you create consistently good beer? And what are the, some of the things that could go wrong, as well as some of the things that can go right? If you could tell me a bit 
just quickly about the magic of this process as a, as a modern day alchemist? Yeah, I guess there are a number of ways to answer this question, but I will try to mention the, the most uh, crucial from my point of view. And what we always say that uh, you can always develop a recipe, you can learn a recipe, how to build a recipe online. Uh, you can you can you can download a f number of re recipes uh, that are available on uh, on the internet, but in the end it always comes down to the to the work in the brewery, and most people think that the the work is done when you actually brew the beer uh, during the brew day, but usually the the most difference and the stage in where things can go terribly wrong is after the brew day when the fermentation happens and lagering or maturation happens uh, where it's super crucial to to maintain like perfect hygiene perfect sanitation and usually when you would talk with someone from the brewery either it's brewmaster or anyone else working in the brewery they will tell you that most of their job is cleaning it's not brewing it's about maintaining the brewery in the perfect hygiene condition, uh, maintaining that the beer has the right temperature for the right time. Uh, it, it has a right pressure and you always check on all these factors and try to keep everything as clean as possible in order to avoid any contamination. You always check your materials uh, if they are good quality and, and so on. So. I, I would say the successful success of brewing is 80% 80% hygiene and, and cleaning and 20% uh, the rest. It's an, it's an important part of it. And again, it's a product that people have to consume. So not only is it integral in the process, but again, I think for the wider distribution of the product and the health of the product too. Yeah, definitely. And th there is a lot of fun to brewing as well but but it if you don't uh don't meet your hygiene or cleaning standards you can have all the fun in the world but the beer in the end probably will not be good so so it's kind of a prerequisite for having a good beer and be able to have some fun with with brewing and developing the recipes is always the the cleaning part but when you do this right like you are you are free to to experiment, to use different ingredients, to to play with the recipes, and the beer world is so so big, so many beer styles: Czech, German, Belgian, American, British, you name it, and so many different yeasts and hops and and malt. Uh, it's it's infinite possibilities. So. So when you do the basic rust right, then you can start experimenting and having fun with the beer. Mm -hmm. And um, when you're experimenting, I guess, are you nervous at all with experimenting? Because I guess there's so, there's so much good beer available, especially in the Czech Republic, that I imagine there's quite a lot of critics, <laughs> connoisseurs, should I say. So, you know, does this, does this, help you or do, do you have sleepless nights where you're dreaming about your brew and how it's going? I think at least for us the aim is that we are happy with the beer that we brew and it's 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 to our taste so yes of course we look into what people like in general and because in the end 
we are a commercial organization and we do make some profit. Mm -hmm. uh, but for us, the most important things is that we are happy with the beer. So, so there are some some beer stars that are more popular than others, but but maybe for us it's it's the other way around, and we prefer different beer styles. So, so we we brew sometimes we brew beers that we know in advance that won't be as successful on the market, but we brew them because we like them and and we want to try them. And sometimes uh, we go for something more straightforward, which we know will sell, but it's not as much fun to it as, as we would like to. So, so yeah, well, there are always critiques and there are always people who will say, ah, this is the best beer I ever tasted. And the next guy will say, ah, this is terrible. And it's just a personal preference. If there is no mistake in the beer and its taste in general, then it's only about preference. And like, it's everyone's, uh, yeah. everyone's uh, uh, thing to, to, yeah, have its own now, preference. My, my dad, when it comes to preferences, my dad always had a saying where he, he would say the worst beer he ever had was wonderful. So for him, there's no bad beers. <laughs> Yeah, and it's, that's kind of it because there are, there are hundreds of, of uh, beer styles and, and its variations and it's only natural that no one in the world loves them all. It's just you have some preferences. I have some preferences. You have some preferences. Our brewmaster has some preferences, and uh, it's only a matter of like respecting the the job that the brewmaster did for you when you taste the beer. You may not like it, but if it's not gone bad, if it's not, if there are no technological mistakes in it, then you just have to acknowledge, okay, it's not my preference, but it's not a bad beer. Yeah, and I'm still to taste a bad beer here, honestly. I still believe what my father says. They're all really <laughs> good. But, you know, that's my preference anyway. Could you tell me what are some of your favorite beers and breweries and why do you like them? Uh, who? There are so many. Okay. <laughs> okay, just pick uh, a few randomly. It doesn't, it's okay, not even I, in I, order. I, 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 will, I will pick uh, maybe two examples. Uh, one is uh, Wild Creatures Brewery, which is a brewery from Moravia, run by uh, by a woman, Mirka Ilchikova, and she makes wonderful wild ales, uh, mostly on the on the sour side of beer, uh, with uh, with some additions of different kinds of fruits like cherries and stuff, and it's it's absolutely wonderful. Like she plays with them, she's blending them uh, different ages of the beer, and it's kind of a thing that that it's really worth the money. The bottle usually costs around two, three hundred uh, grounds per bottle, but it's totally worth it because it's something that's so unique on the Czech market. So I, I love wild creatures. And then also, uh, I guess, uh, kind of uh, like uh, Siberia, uh, which is a brewery in Prague. And uh, recently they they did uh, this new edition of their IPAs, and it's it's really wonderful. Like they are brewing this kind of West Coast IPAs, and and I love uh, I love uh, bitter beer. So IPA is kind of kind of my style. Uh, yeah, but this, these are only just two examples. There are so many great breweries, but these two came to my mind recently because I had Siberia yesterday, and Wild Creatures is sitting uh, in my. Uh, on my shelf so <laughs> the wild creature sounds delicious that's definitely something i'm going to check out straight after the school and try and order some 
Yeah, you should you should because there are very limited uh, limited offers. But all the beers I I had so far were absolutely amazing. Okay, and uh, finally, when when the pubs open, and we're going to be positive about this, um, if you had to name three of your favorite pubs anywhere in Czech Republic, what are these pubs, and where can I find them? I have a favorite Pilsner called Bob, uh, which is in, in Prague uh, city center, close to Venceslav Square. It's called Uzlatého uh, Slona, Golden Elephant. And it's the only pub I'm Stammgast, or I don't know how it's translated, or regular. A, lo a local. Yeah. Local, maybe, yeah. I have my own mug there. I have my sign on the wall and this kind of stuff. So I haven't been there for a while, but... <laughs> But before COVID, I used to be there like every every second day almost, and it was it's my home pub, let's say, uh, for Prosnor Uh Regarding the the craft beers, uh, I really like uh, Beer Geek, or and in Pilsen, uh, I love Pistro, which mm -hmm. is a kind of a bistro with craft beer and like fusion modern cuisine they have amazing food and amazing selections of of beers so yeah i guess these three come to mind at the moment but yeah again there are so many pubs so many good pubs there's a lot of choice isn't there yeah <laughs> Mikael, thank you very much for being with us here to talk about what you're doing at uh Brood brewery and um the future of the beer industry here in czech republic Thank you. It was lovely to, to talk and hopefully we'll meet soon. Either you visiting the brewery or meeting for a beer. Most definitely. Looking forward I, to it. I cannot wait to get back to the pub. Um, as soon as the pubs are open, I think I'm going to stay there for at least a week and not go home. <laughs> yeah, I have the same plan. <laughs> Wonderful. Mikhail Skoda, thank you for joining us on Podcast Pivo. Thank you. Take care.